We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day, just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by Indeed and BetOnline.ag. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius and Mike, and we finally got some Lakers basketball to talk about, some new basketball in the eerily empty Staples Center that Mike's going to tell us all about what it's like to be there uh, throughout throughout this whole experience, hopefully. Um, but we got to talk about one Mr. Taylor Horton Tucker, who, look, there's so many ways I can go. This is, I think a lot about, you know, in watching a game like this and my fan level of excitement of like, holy shit, he looked good, right? Versus my, yes, it's only the preseason. They're like all of, all of the rightful reasons to be like, yeah, like slow down. But there's something there, guys. There's like... I am stunned. Very rarely, second round picks will work out. Very rarely do they have the ball skills, the on-ball skills that this kid has. I want to go over four plays just real, real quick. Pat Bev tries to blitz him at half court, hits him with a spin move, gets downhill because they stretched out that, that ball screen, drives on Batum, bumps him while driving left, bumps off Batum on a jump stop, little floater for a bucket, right? 
Another play fakes drive left, goes into the rescreen, and then gets a burst and, and an angle on on Kawhi and draws free throws. Right, and this is advantage early on that he never loses. Right. Low dribble pickup versus Batum that ends up getting him to the free throw line as he just misses a reverse layup, right? And then uh, he drove hard to his left, got Kennard to shift his weight, then goes behind his back, drives to the rack. Mo Wagner used to do that move too. We can get more into those exact plays, but Darius, this kid is doing like high level shit. When Kawhi was asked asked the other day, like. He's 19 to Wes Matthews. Uh, he's 20, right? But to me, that's not just like, oh, he's really good. That's like, yo, he's doing things above his age range. Like this is, this is, these are high level moves that he's pulling off in games. And I know it's preseason, but like you can either do that or you can't. Real guard skills. Yeah. This guy has real guard skills. And we saw some of this last year. We talked about it on the pod the last time that we recorded, right? Because we recorded on Thursday last time so the lakers have played two games there was a play from game one where um in unwritten rules on twitter had highlighted this but it was a play that i that i noted in my mental catalog as something to to discuss more where Kawhi had really pressured up on him up on the <clears throat> sort of right wing sort of by the hash mark Mm -hmm. Kawhi extended his defense and he reached in with those two Kawhi hands, right? Like mm -hmm. got both hands on the ball and then THT sort of ripped it back away. Like, oh, oh, you're in there right now. Reverse pivoted out of that. The screen came and instead of a middle ball screen, he flipped it and set right. the pick on the sideline. THT, mm -hmm. he used the pick, snaked it, got middle, and then stepped back and shot a jumper. Now he missed the jumper, but all of those sequences, the ones that you described, the one that I just, just described, they show a, a poise and, and an understand polish. and an understanding. So they're just an understanding of what his skills are and then how to deploy them. Right. So mm. to me, yes, one of the, most important things that you can show as an NBA level player, but especially a wing, right, is an understanding of what you're good at, what skills you have in your bag, and then how to deploy them. And the people who have all of that understanding to go along with a certain level of like a baseline of skill, they can then play with a calm right? Because there is no speeding you up. There is no rushing you because you understand I've got these things in my bag and I'm just going to use them based off of however a scenario plays itself out in front of me. And that is what has stood out to me from THT over these two preseason games, right? It's, it's, oh yeah, well, okay. You're stepping up that side. Uh, well, I'm just going to cross over uh, like, oh, OK, I'm going to set you up and I'm going to hit this step back or I'm going to Euro step and I'm going to dip my shoulder and I'm going to bump you off and then I'm going to extend. Right. These are all like 
you can call them craft. You can call them like, like skill level stuff. To me, it's just like, oh, okay. Like you've got this too. Oh, and you've got his this bag too. is, his bag is pretty big. It's, it's just wonderful to watch a player who just turned 20 years old, show the confidence and calmness to pull some of this stuff off in games as if he's been doing it his entire life. And my guess is it's because he has, right? So Mike, you're, you've got a different vantage point than us, right? Like we're watching this on TV. Like we get the replay, we get the replay of the replay. We get the slow motion. We get all that on Twitter, right? Like multiple times. And I know you may get some, some of that stuff, stuff too. And I know it's different because it's an empty arena, but from your sort of bird's eye view of watching the game from where you were positioned, because you were talking to us a little bit about this before um, we started recording, what did it look like to you? Like, did he stand out or did he look more like just a natural part of the flow of the game? Because I think both of those things are actually an interesting perspective when, when no, he stood, he's yeah, he stood out big time. And from my vantage point, so I was kind of at the top of the lower bowl, if you've ever been to Staples center. And so a bird's eye view and you can see the whole play develop. And also from my vantage point, I'm looking straight at LeBron and AD on the bench. And so I'm kind of getting, I'm watching LeBron's, responses to what THD is doing and when when the real blue chip guys are getting hyped up for all the stuff that you're doing a it's good in the sense of the kind of like team chemistry they 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 love this kid that's good b it's it's like real respect that he's doing it you know there it's like sometimes you cheer as a as a starter like that if a bench player who doesn't get to play very often comes in and you know hey this guy's been working hard in practice right so let's give him his props this was more like lebron was up there he's he's making uh, motions with his eyes he's going over he's whispering to ad he's looking over at palenka you know like he's doing all the kind of <laughs> the stuff that you guys are doing uh, the, basically uh-huh. the stuff that twitter is doing Right. Yeah, that's what LeBron and AD were doing. And my the, the, the thing that I want to the point I want to make about THT that and this includes having a chance to talk to him after the game in his media sessions. So if you LeBron and AD are like the prime cut fillet right there, the, that's the number one pick. They've always been like that. There was no question. They've always been that talented and that carries with guys to a certain extent. Sometimes if you get drafted in the second round, you you can buy into that that's what your place in the league is so that's like the you know the school cafeteria meet almost at the other <laughs> end of the spectrum and THT he doesn't play to that he he does he not care look like a second round guy at all mike well, at but, but, all but but t- but Pete take out what he looks like and it's, a, it's about the mentality of a second mm. round pick he does not give a shit that he was a second round pick it is not even on his mind all he's I, thinking I see about what you mean. Yeah. is basketball, right? So he's not he's not like, oh, you know what, man, I was not many second round picks stay in the league. I just gotta do the, the little things. Like I he's he believes himself to be better than a lot of the guys that got drafted ahead of him. And but the thing that, that's crazy is that he doesn't even seem to be worried about it though. It's not necessarily like the chip on his shoulder, like, oh, this guy got right. drafted 31st, that guy got drafted second, that guy I'm gonna show them. It's like sure. he's he's already he's you know, Kawhi was guarding him. Paul George was guarding him. He doesn't care. And that's the thing that, <laughs> that I get most, uh, I'm most interested in. And you ask him after the game, hey, like, 
this has to be a lot for you. And he's kind of like, yeah, you know, like it's good. Like this has been my development. I'm confident. Like these guys are. So that's, that to me is the most exciting part of what I've been learning about him for these last couple of weeks. That plays into what Darius was saying about poise. Right. And that combines like, he's got, he's such a unique player guys. It's this combination of physical attributes, right? He's, 6'4", and he's a solid 6'4", but he's like, what, 220, 225? Yeah. Like, he's a big kid. And he was bigger in college, man. Like, he's lost, uh like, like he's he's gotten down to Yeah, and that's another thing. So, he's a guy I've been skeptical about, right? Like, I've seen some of the ball skills in the, you know, the little I've seen of him. And, like, I see why he's interesting with the, you know, with the wingspan and all of that. But when your body is your moneymaker, especially when you're young, like I, I looked at him like, you know, that's a red flag to me, a kid at 19 being overweight, but, but foot injury though, foot injury was, was like the reason why he couldn't, he couldn't do anything all summer last summer. So he, so he came in in part because he wasn't, he wasn't able to do any work. Fair enough. I think that like, I don't know. I think that if you don't want to be in that type of shape and even with the foot injury as as an athlete, I think that you've got the access to, you know, to what you need to do to this, you can to get. So I'm kind of you're you're not wrong. It's it's kind of like though you you have to have such a crazy discipline in terms of eating at that age. And like I didn't That's, know I didn't know anything about eating until I was I shit. I'm still not good at it. But like, yo, so I say this as I say this I say this as a as a heavy guy myself. All right, I'm saying. But if that's if a if a player walks into the gym looking like that, and that's my first impression of him, I'm like, hmm, okay, I, I hear you. You know, so what I see both sides. So shit, mm-hmm. newsflash. I see both sides. He seems like a dude though who is like big body dude. I think oh, yeah, we yeah. probably he's, all he's thick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I think we probably all had a friend or friends like this growing up. Right. That they were they were good at sports. They could move fast and jump high. And then they took their shirt off and you're like, wait, WTF. Right. Like mm-hmm. you're one of these big body dudes who like mm-hmm. were you drinking? Like, right. like what's going on with you? Right. And so I, I think it's probably a little bit of both, right? It's a little bit of a lack of a, like a lack of discipline related to uh, conditioning or keeping his body up or, or diet and all of that stuff. Um, And some of it I would bet is like genetics and, and just sort of not being the guy who's clearly going to be in like the best shape all of the time. I'm trying to say like from a first impression standpoint, sure, 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 sure. That a guy like that, just show me, you know what I mean? And that he came back in in much better shape, which Mike pointed out, you know, in, in the last pod, even before we started, just like the difference in how he looks, he's got this remarkable, like I could see why everybody's raving about him in a way that's not just like the regular old preseason. Hey, let's hype up the 11th guy, right? Cause he's young and we need someone to get excited about. And that is part of this to some extent, of course, but uh, like there's something real here and I don't know when it's going to come out in a big game type sense. Like when the games matter, uh, you know, into the playoffs, things like that. Maybe that's a year or two away, but there is a lot here, right? And so it's that it's that frame, that 220, 225, whatever he weighs at 6'4", with that 
ball handling ability with his length and his hand size. So that trio, the ball handling, his his uh, wingspan and the size of his hands, super, super rare combination. And think about the things that you can do with that. Like he it's funny him playing against Kawhi because he has attributes that remind me of him. He got Kawhi with the Kawhi move, dog. Yeah, the rip. He reached right in and took the ball away from Kawhi Leonard. And you could tell Kawhi, too, was kind of just like, oh, damn. Like, he got it. And there was a play, too. There was a play against Kennard as well, where he got the tip away, where Kennard was going to make this really low-angled bounce pass when he was dribbling up the right Mm -hmm. sideline. Like, he escaped dribbled, pivoted, and was going to throw it back across. And THT reached down and got a deflection on that. And that's a ridiculous angle in order to get a deflection there, Pete. Like, there's no possible way that a normal person with normal reach and normal hand size gets to that pass. 100%. Hundred percent. That's that's something different than what I'm talking about, though. I, I, like, I mean, on the offensive, like the trio of his ball handling, length, and hand size. What does that mean in a functional sense in a game? And it's a lot like Kawhi in that there's an unstoppability to Kawhi when he's at his best because he can just bump you off at his size, extend, and just kind of palm the ball and just kind of like flip it in. And it's so easy. It's kind of. Uh, soul crushing, right? Like when Kawhi really get, gets it going from eight to 12 feet away from the basket and he's just bumping guys off. And there's like, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it without sending a second guy to. And and Mike, he's doing this off of drives at 20. Like, do you see where I'm going with that? That yeah, he can yeah. play slower because he can just, he's got all of these attributes. Well, what what we learn from these two games and you know to an extent what we saw before G League a little bit again in the Houston series, but Frank Vogel purposely put him in screen roll situations for a bunch of the game. That right there tells you a lot because that's that is the role that most NBA players, save for some bigs, would like to have. Give me the ball, give me a screen, let me do some stuff. And if you can do that at the NBA, and by the way, that's what they let him do all year in the G League last year. They're like, I don't care if you're inefficient, just go cook. We see this as a talent. And you know, now, Pete, not, you got LeBron, you got Schroeder. And if you also have THT, who you can put in some of those situations, that's great. And I, I just want to make a, 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 well, okay, two points. First, quickly, he took 10 shots in the, in the paint. That's big in its own right. Like if he's getting in the paint, yeah. he made six of them. He's at the rim a lot. And to Pete's point, he's bodying guys off. So that's big. But the second part, after the game, we asked Marcus Saul about him. And I, I kind of said, Mark, hey, w- what have you seen from this kid? I, I know you just met him. You know, Mark wasn't really diving through South Bay Lakers film last year. And TSG didn't play really in the regular season. And he said, well, I... I thought he was great offensively. That's great. The shot making, et cetera. But what stood out to me were his defensive instincts, that he's big, uh, that he stays on the ball, that he's got good hands. He had, dude, he had four steals tonight at the time we're recording. He had three steals in the first game. He's getting his hands in passing. Like, so Mark is noticing this defensive ability. And of course, all we're all talking about for the most part is his screen roll playmaking. So that you could, Frank Vogel can use him in certain situations. Hey, go in and just basically be a three and D wing. Like he can do some of that. And then in other times, second unit, second out of a back to back, maybe somebody's not playing. Hey, let's, let's give THT the ball. 
So the fact that we're talking about him being able to do all that, the 42nd pick last year that didn't pick, uh, that didn't play, boom, he's like their 11th guy, but all of a sudden maybe he's not their 11th guy. And and I'm, I'd love to kind of figure out where have a discussion maybe after Pete, what does this actually mean for Frank Vogel? Yeah, let's, let's take a quick break and we got to discuss this. What does this, this kid with this skill set that uh, like that, that's a, He's got something there. What does that mean for the for the Lakers? Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about it. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out with our $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com backslash BlueWire. Offers valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So Darius, you were talking about that play with Kennard, right? Yeah. Where he reached down and he got that deflection. And with his length, he's very disruptive. And guys that have unusual length for their size and position in particular, because the 7-1 wingspan at the guard spot, every guard that he goes up against is going to try to make a pass that gets through against 99.9% of the guys that are defending them on the ball. That pass that they've made thousands of times and not have it get deflected is suddenly deflected on this play. And a lot of these, again, since they've done them so many times, these are instinctual plays. plays players make these. And, and so THT is going to have to make them think on that. That said, I don't know if you've seen this as well. Aside from his disrupting right with his length, I've seen some plays where he's been a little bit lost. Yeah, this game, the second game was better than the first game. He had a rough first game on the defensive end aside from disruption, rotations, navigating screens. So I'm of the thought that like, so where does if you're Vogel, Darius, and you're weighing the all of the different factors that go into playing, especially early into this season, how much like 
how much do you factor in that in? Is this a let him go through his growing pains uh, type of situation? Or is this a, a you're not getting much run until you clean these things up type of situation? Well, I think you don't get to the latter until you give him more of the former. Sure. Right. And, and, and I think that's what coaches understand. Right. Or at least I think it's what smart coaches understand that you don't get better at game rotations by watching tape of other people, <laughs> right? Like you need tape of yourself. You need to be able to look at your own mistakes and replay those things in your mind with visual evidence to back up what you thought you did versus what you actually did. You need to see the things that you did right as well as the things that you did wrong on the same exact situation and the same exact scenario. That's how you learn. Right. And he's, he's a baby man. Like he's a baby. He is a just turned 20 year old. When I was a just turned 20 year old, I was going to AM PM and getting big old burritos to eat at like one thirty in the morning, man. Uh -huh. Right. I was not spinning out of ball pressure from Kawhi Leonard. You know what I mean? And I feel you on what it was in game one. And there was some of that today, too. Right. Sure. Um, but he was better. Yeah, he was better, but he can be an overhelper like he sinks a little bit too much. Um, what's interesting, though, is the thing that you mentioned about like 99% of these plays um, work and there's that top echelon. I don't want to say echelon, but there are guys who just have different physical traits and different physical tools. And you're not used to facing a guy like that. And so suddenly this same thing doesn't work. You saw that some today too, right? He made a couple of closeouts where it looked like he was late, but he got that long sudden, arm up and he got that mm -hmm. big, big hand up. And suddenly he's closer than what you thought that, that he was. And guys notice that when you get in their shooting pocket defensively. And, and so I think Vogel's going to give him run and Vogel likes to play a lot of guys, right? Mike, like he, he's been a 10, 11 man rotation sort sort of guy and so i don't think he sees having 11 playable guys as a problem like maybe one of those good problems like we talked about right yeah well so the first point i want to i want to bridge the gap on what i relayed about gasol's comments versus what you guys kind of rightly noticed about the holes that he has defensively and how he has to kind of make up some work off the ball so gasol's quote was i like what I like is defensively, he's a hard guy to attack. He knows how to use his big body. He likes to compete on the defensive end. So that's that's one thing. And I think that's true. What's also true is that, you know, he has a long way to go in terms of being more, like what Marcus all sees defensively, what LeBron sees defensively. That's a whole gap there. And like that's got to close. But the fact that he's he's big, he competes and he's strong and long like that stuff's good, right? You can Frank Vogel can work with that um, is, is sort of the point. But but here, oh, uh, Pete, get a thought in on that. And then I'll, I'm, I'll so, I'm so sorry, Mike. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's one of those things that I look for in young guys is like, can you make a positive impact even though you don't know what the hell you're doing? Like Zion's one of those guys, right? Where it's like 23 per game. Like he has no idea what he's doing out there from a, like how to play basketball, what you're supposed to do standpoint. And so THT is having defensive impact while not under having that knowledge of LeBron or Marcus Gasol that you're talking about. 
All right. So into Darius's point, I think what we can do here, we can use the rotation as a way to talk about the other guys that we've watched for these two games as well. And then that can get into sort of what to expect moving forward in the season and how THG can fit in. But Darius's point is absolutely right. Vogel likes to play a lot of dudes, period, that he just he likes. That's how he's always been. He's always been a 10 man rotation guy. He thinks that that pays off as the season goes on. And I think we got some pretty direct we got a pretty direct view of it in the postseason when he was just calling guys numbers to start here and there. Different guys could finish games and they were all kept engaged by the way that he did his rotations. And so that worked that and especially around LeBron and AD. That's one of the things that makes it work. Right. So that's the first thing. And going into a season when they had so little rest from October 11th. And who knows what's going to happen with COVID? Who knows what's going to happen with if a game gets can't like there's all kinds of stuff that could happen. So this is the year that you want to have 11 guys. And, and frankly, you know, you can throw Dudley and Quinn Cook in games, too, as, as we just saw today. They're, you know, they can still play. They're going to make some uh, Cook's going to make some mistakes defensively, uh, but he's going to hit threes. Dudley's going to going to take some stuff away, but he's going to hit threes and do his thing. So like he's I totally agree that the guys are going to play now. My question, though, and Pete, to throw back at you to start here, how does his actual rotation work? Because if you're starting Schroeder and KCP and then you've got Caruso and Matthews, are you looking at it as a position thing? Can you th- you can sort of get away with THT at the three? Uh, what what is the what is the way that you first early season integrate him into the rotation if you're Frank Vogel? Yeah, he starts the second quarter probably or maybe yeah i'd say he'd start the second quarter with lebron if vogel keeps the same ad plays the entire first quarter rotation say you know same lebron ad rotation as last year i think he's more appropriate for those lineups but i think that you can do god you know how they ran those side pick and rolls sorry this is only a couple hours after the game and so and after watching this kid i'm like god what can because he's he can be that three and d guy that you were talking about but i'm like he's got too much on the ball to just be like oh you're a three and d guy next to lebron and so but it can be reversed those side ball screens that they were running last year with alex caruso who's a part of this equation too i don't want them to abandon that but you run those with tht and lebron so so ac and lebron that was a great side pick and roll that we ran last year to a lot of effect a lot of time after timeouts you run that same action with THT and LeBron and you've got a whole different diverse skill set that's added in that and so you can get more LeBron minutes where it doesn't have to be LeBron doing everything and doing some off ball type stuff that's how I would probably incorporate THT into the rotation early in the season how about you how about you Darius I think you scale him down rather than try to transfer any sort of preseason role into the regular season personally right so i would still definitely look at him as a complimentary player i would look at him as a three and d guy almost entirely like i oh really yeah i get what you're saying about the ball skill stuff and obviously that's been wonderful to watch during the preseason when LeBron and AD haven't played tonight. Dennis Schroeder didn't play. You you know, THT played 41 minutes plus 36 by, by the way, in 41 minutes mm-hmm. plus 36 anyways. But look, I probably deploy him the same way that he was deployed in the Houston series, 
which is like second side stuff mostly attacking closeouts mostly like spot up right like the diversity i think the lakers are going to run a more diverse offense this season and and so there may be more on ball opportunities that grow organically within the team sets rather than them being like out of design of of an offense that was basically like we only have one of these guys on the floor at any given time because that's what it was last season it was Mm -hmm. right like oh lebron is in the game oh rondo is in the game oh now both those guys are in the game but there was rarely ever any second side action that involved pick and roll it was almost all same strong side stuff create penetration right draw a second defender kick to a secondary guy that's on the weak side for for a spot up jumper or attack a closeout but look what the lakers ran tonight man with mark gasol mark had a lot to do that yeah right but they did that even without gasol in the game right so they were running the ball through harrell at the top of the floor in the same exact way they were running it through morris the same exact way that they did Gasol, even when Gasol was on the bench. We look like Denver tonight, man. The, uh, uh, look like old Chicago Bulls with Noah at the top of the key. A lot of that sort sort of stuff, right? And th- wh- when you're running more of that type type of action, it definitely creates more of an egalitarian style offense where more guys are can do more, and that favors having more playmakers on the court, even if they're not necessarily starting out the play as a playmaker. I, I just think there's going to be more opportunities potentially there for, for that stuff. Even if you're only looking at him as, as a three and D guy, if that makes sense. And this, this is also part of where the preseason is so tricky because those actions were beautiful and they were creating wide open shots and they made an absurd 18 for 25, 72%. I've never seen the Lakers get anywhere near that. But the Clippers, almost oddly, were not playing very hard in either game. They like they played their guys and their starting lineup was close to what it will be. You're going to it's when he's back from an injury, you'll sub in Marcus Morris for Batum. Um, I personally think they should start suit instead of Ibaka. We'll see what, where that goes. But they, you know, they did not look good um, even I mean, I keep trying to think of a stretch where they look good for more than a couple minutes. They really didn't. I, I think it's the Lakers have to be careful, though, to realize that on December 22nd, they're going to look a lot different. Uh, they they may have been holding back their actions. Who knows? Uh, and so, like, I, I don't want to take much out of what they did. And I think, the, again, the Lakers should be careful to think about that. But what what I'm what's exciting about the team and also it's not a concern, but just something that I have to figure out is there's just so much there now with what Gasol does offensively, with what Schroeder does offensively, with what Harrell can do, all of a sudden with what THT can do. Last year, it was more like, all right, LeBron, you you do all the stuff. And then AD, when you come in and everyone else, play your ass up on D, shoot threes when they're open. And there's going to be some balance there of expanding the offense uh, like we've seen in, in these preseason games. But then also just, hey... When LeBron and, and AD are out there, now you, it's time for you to focus on your defense <laughs> and sprint up another floor. So there's there's something there that I think has to has to come together. Good problems indeed. It, it's a uh, we've added new dimensions to this team. We've lost a couple, like shot blocking. There were a couple of plays where in the, in the last two games we were like 
JaVale would have blocked a shot that Mark didn't get to or Trez didn't get to, or there was a sandwich rebound that Danny Green definitely would have gotten to, but Wes Matthews or Dennis Schroeder don't get to. But for every dimension that we've lost or or there's been a reduction in, it's there have been a couple of that have been added. Like Marcus Gasol brings an entirely different style of play to the Lakers. That five running five out offense, setting down screens. There's a sequence where uh, in that that great sequence he had in that first quarter with his passing, where on the first play KCP set a down screen for Kuzma who was standing in the corner. Kuzma curled it to the basket, easy layup. And Mike, you're absolutely right. The Clippers were not playing very hard. Your offense tends to look very beautiful when. Uh, Everything runs exactly as it's supposed to, and the defense doesn't give much resistance. But this is what Marcus Gasol is good at. This will translate to the the regular season. So beautiful cut, right? Uh, nice screen from KCP. On the next play, KCP fakes like he's going to go set that screen for Kuz and wheels back into a handoff, what would have been a handoff action. Mark declines to make the handoff, but KCP keeps cutting through. And that's when he threw that beautiful pass onto his right hand reverse layup for that. And so these are read and react the flow offense t- stuff that we were talking yeah. about in the last pod. That's it. That's the what it looks like, right, is that you're reading how the defender is, if he's a little too far in this direction, a little too far in that direction. And then you're, flo- you're making reads off of that. And Vogel had a great quote in the post game talking about how players like Mark Gasol inspire harder cuts, like the type of enthusiasm that you have for running the offense goes way up when you know that you can have somebody that's going to really pass you the ball. So this deserves a, a whole podcast and we'll certainly get to it. But Darius, what was your what were your initial thoughts on the Mark Gasol dynamic? The play that stood out to me, man, was where it was a broken play and I think it came off of a missed shot and then the ball got tipped tipped around some and it ended up in Marcus Gasol's hands up on the left wing. KCP comes over for a handoff and again Gasol declines the handoff. KCP continues his cut. It's open side. Backdoor pass to KCP bounce pass. KCP goes up at the rim. Skip pass. KCP in the corner, or I'm sorry, THT in the corner, well, wide open three, buries it, timeout Clippers. And LeBron one-on-one works just fine. AD one-on-one works just fine. LeBron one-on-one draws a double, kick out, flare screen, a wide open three, right? So the Lakers were already generating a bunch of wide open threes, corner threes, above the break threes, off of simple post-up or driving kick actions, off of LeBron and, and AD actions. Guess what? Today, they created a bunch of sh- open shots right at the front of the rim from guys who are not drivers, right? Kyle Kuzma is not a driver break you down at the top of the key and get a layup. KCP is not a break you down at the top of the key layup guy, right? So for all the stuff that we talked about, THT, like, ooh, the handle, ooh, like 10 shots in the paint. KCP got three or four shots right in the paint too, and he didn't have to dribble the ball once. So <laughs> seriously, and yeah, and so when you talk about the ability to threaten the front of the rim and to do it off of passes, 
that don't come from LeBron James. Think about the value that that has within the construct of how you build out team offense. And I I was geeked just sitting there watching Marc Gasol stand back there like, you know, a 45-year-old quarterback in a seven-on-seven league. Because that's basically what, what it looked like, right? No pass rush. He's just handing the ball up there like he's playing water polo at times and just shoving the ball around like, oh, over the top to you. Oh, little skip bounce pass to you. Oh, let me flare it to the corner. It was just beautiful to watch this guy cook. And I I asked him after the game too, like, hey, uh, when you get LeBron and AD back, think about those two as finishers to those plays. And like, they look good tonight. Like, I, I mean, Mark could make a team of G League guys look pretty good with his passer from the top of the key. And just as a nice safety valve, if a play breaks down, you can just toss him the ball. He, he's huge. You can't get near him. He'll catch it. He'll calmly survey, just like Pow did, and then he'll make a play. But the point that you guys made that I thought was interesting, too, about Mark, all of the stuff that he does defensively and how different it is from JaVale, from Dwight, when he's playing with AD and LeBron, I, I do think some of that quarterbacking can come into play where he's going to he's going to be able to place guys to wall off the rim in a different way. And then, of course, you still do have a, uh, AD and then LeBron to a different extent to protect it. But I, I did get a little anxious the first like when Mark got into foul trouble, not so much for this game, but just thinking, oh, OK, so if he gets into early foul trouble in a regular season game and then you're immediately going to Harrell at backup center, you're going to you know, you're going to lose something defensively. And there isn't there isn't that like Dwight, right, that can come in and keep that same tone. So we've talked about it before. We don't need to go into detail here, but it's just there's Mark like THC. There's so much, uh, I think, watching him that is worth examining and, and will continue to do so. Absolutely. Our defense at the five, I think, is going to be one of the more interesting storylines that like I'm really trying to find holes in this team. So I may emphasize them when I when I find them, because this team, I think, has potential to be an all timer. I really do. Uh, if you know that at least that's their ceiling and it can go sideways a bunch of ways, as I always say. But um Mark is a, a very cerebral defender uh, and he really knows what he's doing. He's just a different type of defender, right? So some of the things that JaVale would get to, Mark's also making up for in other ways on the defensive end. Anyway, on these uh, post-game pods, we're going to keep these ones a little bit shorter. So we're going to wrap up here. We got a game on Wednesday. Super exciting. Mike, I want to, uh, on that one, I want to hear more about your experience being in a cavernous and empty Staples Center uh, and, and what that's like. Yeah, we'll do that. Plus, as a, as a little teaser, there, there was yet another comment about the Lakers. It's kind of like three through eight uh, you know, not ah, being yes. great. Yeah. <laughs> and it fired me up. It fired our text chain up. Uh, I, I mean, and this was before I was including THT, uh, who, you know, the MVP of the preseason so far, um, in, in this context. So I, what I'm going to ask you guys to do as well is go through the West and kind of just go through the three through eights and we'll put the two stars aside. We can do the further teams and and all I'm all I'm gonna say as a spoiler, I think the Lakers three through eight will will rank higher uh than some that haven't watched the team very closely would expect. Well, I can <laughs> can I just say that the Lakers three through eight are two and oh in the preseason, Mike, because we ain't seen the top two. 
Yeah, we've been missing yeah. some yeah. of four, five, six, and seven in that too. So, uh, yeah, about as good of a start to the preseason as as we could hope for. Fun game. Uh, got another game on. Very fun. Got another game on Wednesday night, and so we'll record after that right, Wednesday night, I believe. Or no, is that our next game? I think yes, Wednesday against know, the Suns. But Pete, you better yes. go order your THT jersey before they sell out. Man, yeah, I know. I saw a few people talking about that on on Twitter. So. Until the next one, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Ness to the winner. It's on the way. Good. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Listen. seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.